Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, and welcome to our episode on Kung Fu Girl. Yeah. So today we're going to be drinking uh, Kung Fu Girl. It is a Riesling wine by Charles Smith from Washington State. Mm -hmm. It's 2016. Um, 2016. And we are going to be talking about our topic of self-defense. But why is self-defense so important? Because, man, you could (laughs) get attacked. The world's crazy. The world is motherfucking crazy. I know. And we can't trust anyone. There's a lot of shit happening, and it's... It's not so much, like, to expect that it's always going to happen, but you really do have to be ready. Yeah. Like, at any point Especially in time. Especially women. So, yeah. Kung Fu Girl, Women's Self-Defense, here we go. Yeah. All right, let's All right. do it. So, I'm going to crack this open. It's a, it's a crack. Is it called a Skevlin? Skevlig? What the hell are you saying? This The crack. The oh. Crack. It's actually has a special name. Does it really? Yeah. All right, I'm going to figure that out later. But um, I'm going to crack it. Um, again, it's from, oh, it's from the ancient lakes of Columbia Valley, specifically in Wadawa. Walla Walla. No, that's not right. Mattawa, Washington. Oh, I thought it was Walla Walla. Walla Walla, Walla Valley? Yeah. yeah, I like that. All right. Nice. That's good. So this is, um, I believe, a drier Riesling. I know Riesling ranges anywhere from dry to sweet. I don't really enjoy the sweet. No, I don't either. You and me both. Yeah. We are not. I think that's part of the reason why we don't typically like white wines. Right. uh, Because a lot of people do like the sweeter wines, and I think that the market is giving us sweeter wines. Yes. But this is a dry Riesling, and I believe... um, the alcohol by volume is 12%. So anything over 11% is usually a dry Riesling. Yeah, and anything, learned that. Yeah, any alcohol by volume less than 11% is usually sweet, which is actually, for me, I think I think I would think it'd be the other way around. I don't know why. Um, well, hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe. But when you think about, like, the way that alcohol is made, or wine is made, I mean, it needs sugar, and then it's the conversion of the... of the sugar into the alcohol, right? With the yeast and everything. And so if it's a lower alcohol content, it either didn't have enough sugar or a lot of sugar to begin with, probably like an Albarino or something, or the winemaker decided to leave more of that residual sugar. And that is what I think is a, a lot of Rieslings and what people, I think, associate with Riesling. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's a great tip because I used to not know how to tell the difference with Riesling if you're going to get a sweet or dry one. And it's really good to know that that's a a great way to look at the label and and have a good idea of what you're getting. Um, So so anyway, there you go. That's my little thing on Riesling. And did you learn that when we were at our tasting? Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Sorry, everyone. Um, okay, so a little bit about Charles Smith, who's our winemaker here. Wait, can I say so- what he was? Go for it. Because I love this only Because I want to talk about the name. Because I okay, yes. Please, yes, you please do that. So, <laughs> All right, so Charles Smith, um, I think Charles Smith actually has a lot of wines, uh, a lot of different labels out there. 
Um, and I think the prices kind of range, which I think mm-hmm. Sarah's going to get to in a little bit. But Charles Smith is actually a former rock band manager, which is he's a California kid, uh, grew up there, and then um, caught like the traveling bug and decided to go to Europe and specifically to Scandinavia. Uh, to follow a girl, which is funny because I think normally it's the opposite. Normally the girls follow the guys. Why do we do that? Anyway. I, I, I think that's <laughs> a topic for another That's a topic podcast. for another time. But this guy, but Charles Smith actually followed a girl <clears throat> to Denmark and then uh, they broke up. But he was like, you know what? I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay here. And so he ended up managing a lot of different rock bands uh, from Europe. Um, one of them, I meant to listen to them, the Ra- the Ravenettes or something. So I, Sean, my husband, recognized the name. Um, so I'm sure that there's something, at least, from their repertoire that we would recognize. But I think it's very interesting because he then... Um, I can't remember how long he did that, but he decided to come back to the States... And along the way, ended up meeting a French guy who was like, became friends with them. They were like, let's just open up, let's make wine. And so they did. And uh, it's pretty amazing. And I, so this wine that we're drinking is part of sort of his second label, his second project, uh, which is called The Modernist Project. Okay. And one of the things I love about this particular brand is that they say that The Modernist Project is themed in a way that focuses on the way people generally consume wine today, which is immediately. We're a society of, like, immediate instant gratification. gratification. We want results now, now, now. We don't want to wait for things. And he's really embracing that with this particular uh, line of wines. Um, And so what they're doing is really focusing on developing and creating wines that are going to be able to be enjoyed now. And you don't have to, like, cellar it or... Stick it on a rack for or stick it in a cabinet for years. But you could if years. you wanted to. I'm sure that you could. But there mm-hmm. are still wines. I'm curious if it would age well. Well, I, I think Riesling actually does age well. Yeah, we heard a yeah. little bit about that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, you could definitely try it because it's such a cheap wine. So it is only $12. But you can even get it on sale for anywhere as cheap as $9. Mm. Um, and I That's think not brink of the bank. No, and it's won some awards, so he's supposedly a rebel winemaker because he makes these good wines that are cheap. But, I mean, if you wanted to try it out and just le- let it sit there, like, what do you, what kind of money? Uh, you're you not know, really. You're not really. It's Yeah, so I don't think anyone is going to be hurting for that. No. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned some awards. Um, he has been named uh, several times in the past 10 years, uh, winemaker of the year by a variety of magazines, including wine enthusiast and food and wine magazine. Um, I think that, you know, the labels are pretty stand out, right? Yeah. They kind of jump off, uh, the shelf at you. Um, but I really want you to talk about how the name came to be. Yeah. I, this is like my favorite story. So Kung Fu Girl. I mean, immediately this stands out when you're walking through the wine aisle. And it really was a great inspiration for us to do a self-defense class, which we'll kind of get into. But um, so when I found out why it was named Kung Fu Girl, I thought it was pretty amazing, like you said. So basically, Charles Smith and his label designer were drinking German Riesling, which is the traditional Riesling that you find. And they were eating Thai food, which is 
really what you are told to pair Riesling with is something spicy. Right, because it'll balance it. It'll balance it. Or, you know, like a light salad or mm-hmm. something citrusy because it has those citrus notes, it goes well together. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the things about like food and wine pairings. You can either pair with similar characteristics, like sim- similar um, flavors and things like that, so the citrusy and things, and um, like honey, apricot, whatever, or you can you have to do the opposites, right? right. You can't. There's there's like sort of like contrast. a little bit of a rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I think that's what's really cool about riesling is that a lot of people associate it with you know just summer light fare and yeah things something like, that, like a good acidic a good um you know citrus taste like a, like i would i would think of like a light lemon like lemon dressing on a salad yeah and like some and it's it's funny because you usually don't pair wine with salad but this is one that i think would be really good sitting yeah. on a summer patio or something like that something um, has orange slices in it you know yeah. whatever too so, but also traditionally either Thai or spicy food. Mm-hmm. So Charles Smith and his, um, like I said, his label designer were drinking German Riesling and eating Thai food and watching the, the movie Kill Bill. Oh, such a fucking kick-ass movie. Uh, you know, I've actually never seen it. <gasps> I know. Wait, are you kidding? No, we're going to have to break it out. It is. Okay, so it's like Quentin Tarantino, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, sort of the... Over the top, in your face, gore, blah blah blah. Well, Pulp Fiction's like one of my favorite it, movies. So it is. It's actually it's a stunning cast, and I think there are so many amazing things about that movie, and it's just about the story and how it all fits together. I think it's a signature Quentin Tarantino, right? Okay. Um, so they were watching. Oh, yeah, definitely have to see that. Yeah. Oh they my were god! I can't believe it. <laughs> movie night. We got to do it. I think we have um, enough movies for a movie marathon. I know, and yeah. we'll open up some Riesling. Um, <laughs> yeah, this so is, this is actually it's it's this is actually quite pretty good tasty. Riesling. Yeah. So um, at the end of the movie, if anyone's seen it, there is a fight scene between Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu, mm-hmm. and fueled by the Riesling, Charles Smith jumped out of his chair. He threw his food down. He slammed his hand on the table, and he exclaimed. Damn it! I'm gonna make Riesling, and I'm gonna call it fucking Kung Fu Girl. <laughs> so, so there's actually a video on his website that says Kung Fu Girl is a tribute to Riesling and a recognition that girls kick ass. Indeed. Um, Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. Good job, CS. Yeah, mm. that's a. Uh... Yeah. So, it does come from a single vineyard. Hmm. And it has chalky gravel soils that give wine mineral, give it its mineral flavors, high acidity, and hint of sweetness. So, like the chalky gravel soils, that doesn't sound particularly nice. Like, I wouldn't think to, like, plant a yeah. lot of things there. But so, uh, Riesling is, a spe- is sort of like a special grape, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's finicky. Mm-hmm. So it wants to... Similar to Pinot Noir. Right. So it wants to grow in harsh environments. And that's mm-hmm. why German Riesling is so popular and is because they have harsh climate and Riesling does really well there and their roots are so rooted down yeah. that they have to dig pretty deep to get water in those harsh, cold environments. And so I, I think that's pretty fitting for this one coming from Washington State. Yeah. I And I think, too, I mean... I'm, I'm going to try to make a weird leap analogy, whatever, but 
so the reason grapes, right? So they, they really have to like dig deep to like get their power and their strength and to produce this. And I think that when we talk about um, Kung Fu Girl and sort of this self-defense uh, topic today, you know, being women, we're typically smaller. We're typically smaller than any partic- any perpetrator that right. might come attack right. us. Um, and I think that we're oftentimes looked as a weaker human being. And I think that we too can still dig down deep and there are things that we can use to our advantage to make us stronger in order to sort of thrive and survive. And so I'd say that this is a great topic to pair with Riesling, regardless of the name of Kung Fu Girl, um, because it has, we have this sort of like shared sentiment. Oh, I like your analogy. Thanks. Mm -hmm. It's like the underdog. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. So, um, all right. So, this one grows in harsh environments. Um, this one, what did we chill? So, you're supposed to chill it, like, it's supposed to be about 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you can chill it for an hour or two in the fridge or, like, 20 minutes in the freezer, which is really what we did. We did the 20 minutes in the freezer. Um, that's all you need. It just needs a slight chill to it. Yeah, um, but if it was even colder, I think it would still be really good. I actually think it would be good too. It does, it's not overly sweet. It does. It does have more. I want to say like green notes on like the nose. Like I'm yeah. smelling. I'm picking up more like outdoory, not super grassy, but just like a hint of it. Honeydew melon. I get grapefruit on the taste a little bit. It's got that like if you're digging the grapefruit, yeah. like oh you're and right, you get that like white. White part of the grapefruit, right, isn't that the pith? I think. Yeah, it's yeah. like that that kind of balance right there. Like there's a there. little, a sl- I wouldn't say overall bitterness, but I'm gonna say like the tiniest hint of bitterness That's that goes what I along mean. with yeah. it. Yeah, so um, it is very refreshing. I thought it might be a little bit more effervescent, but it's it it's very fresh. Yeah. It's very, very fresh. It's good for a hot summer day. It is. It's actually cooling me off right now, even though it's not hot right now. But <laughs> you, you know me and my heat problems. Oh, my God. But anyway. So, so um, yeah, I'd say this is really good. And, again, acidity uh, is in the wine, and the white wine is going to help cut any sort of, you know, creaminess if you have, like, sort of that spicy mayo on your and sushi Mm -hmm. if you will um or any of those like spicier sauces that are a little thicker in your thai food um this acidity is just gonna like cut right through and it's gonna be a great pairing so i think this is yeah man i think this is a good one well i'm ready to talk about some kicking some ass i am too we had a fucking fantastic evening yeah so we Decided to do a self-defense class. Late, specifically a ladies' unarmed self-defense class. Unarmed, yes. Unarmed self-defense class. Um, I have no experience with self-defense. I only know like the, the things that I, I think I should know about mm-hmm. self-defense, but I had no any training. So we thought, you know what, let's go and be edumacated about it. <laughs> <laughs> and edumacated. we even got to kick some... Man dummy ass. <laughs> Bob. Bob. The Bob was his name. Yeah. So what are some tips that you learned, Jamie? Oh, okay. Well, hold well, on a first second. First of all, why do you think it's important? Why do I think it's important? Self-defense. I, like, I mean, again, important? there are, well, 
All right. I could go down a huge rabbit hole here, but like there are, first of all, every person, every human being, I don't care who you are, what you are, where you are, everybody should have the wherewithal and the smarts in order to defend themselves. Yeah. It's survival of the fittest. I mean, what it is, mm-hmm. right? And you never know when something can change, when you could be in sort of a hostile environment. And I think that it behooves every individual to literally take their own life into their hands and be prepared to fight for it. And mm-hmm. I think that's one thing, you know, there are a lot of messages out there telling, you know, society who's strong, who's weak, who's the winner, who's the loser. But I think that everybody needs to realize that they are worthy enough to fight for and that they can fight for themselves. Yeah. It's, you know, there's not always going to be somebody around, like somebody to protect me. My husband's not always going to be home. My, I guarantee you, my sister would like mama bear action this stuff up. Like my mom, like, you know, because they talk about women's like superhuman strength if their kids, you know, in danger or whatever. But we have to take we have to take this upon ourselves to be able to protect ourselves it you is, need to take your own responsibility yes to, yeah you we can't cannot be, be damsels in distress no. and i again that's not male female it's I, I don't care who you are everyone should have should be equipped with the wherewithal to i agree out and you know what to, if i ever have daughters i feel like i'm going to start them young and getting I almost wanted to ask at this class tonight because there were, what, seven or eight of us who were attending, and three of them, uh, it was a mom, and she brought two of her daughters, 11 and 13 years old. And, you know, they've obviously, you could tell that they were kind of, you know, nervous about it, especially being in a class with, you know, adult all adults. But it is so important, and she was just saying that you know, and I feel the same way. It's like she wants them to be prepared well, because I, you just don't know anymore. I would even take it a step further and say at a young age, you could start them in like martial arts, um, you know, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, that Krav, Ma- Krav Maga. Yeah. Yeah. Krav Maga. Like all these things that like if you learn from a young age and you're taking classes, it's going to be like second nature for you when you're an oh, adult. Yeah. And we don't have the luxury of that right now. So I feel like if you can put a kid in that, that's a great way to, like, get them. And not only will they have the abilities, but they'll also have the self-confidence yeah. and feel like they can actually defend themselves, which yeah. is important as well. Because half of it is that, is believing that you can. It's the confidence. It's having, I mean, it's a totally a mental situation. And not to say that physicality is not a part of it, because of it absolutely it is. is. But again, being aware, being cognizant of what is happening, and knowing what you are phys- are capable of doing, if you're fast, if you can duck, if you can, you know, hit really hard. I, You know, you can do a lot of different things, and I think that it, it's a mental game. And if you, if you already think that you can't do it, I, I am, it's sad to say, but I feel like you, you won't be able to do it. You have to take the attitude of, not today, motherfucker. That's right. Get not out of today, my face. Motherfucker. Anyone who's in a situation like this, I want you to think about that. That should be in your brain, and you're going to say, not today, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Because you're the motherfucker who killed motherfucking motherfucker, okay? <laughs> we right? We good? I don't even know what's happening right now. I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to show you the skit. It's amazing. Anyways, you should definitely say that out loud, too, if you get attacked. Oh, 
Because yes. they were talking about how when you're screaming like that, it actually brings oxygen and more adrenaline to you. Yeah. So it helps and you. Obviously, it helps you. And obviously then it attracts more attention and it, it hopefully... Um, but also, the, the, uh, it could throw off, like, the perpetrator. Yep. They could you. be, like, so distracted yeah. and, like, be like, what, what is happening right now? This is not what I signed up for. Which, let's be honest, you didn't sign up for it either. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was one thing that they, probably one of the biggest takeaways was just to be, like, super assertive and have, like, a very strong voice. And... I'm going to say something that they mentioned is, like, you have to practice saying it out loud. And listen, I can be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to say, no, stop, get away. But, like, when the time comes, that might actually be how I say it because that's how I practice it, right? It's the same thing, like, when I teach class or when I give a presentation or, like, whatever. You have to practice just reading it or just, like, kind of going through the motions and, like, mouthing everything. You're not actually doing it how you would do it. You're not practicing. Right. You're only practicing when you are shouting it out and you are participating in the way that you would participate, in the way that you would do it. And so practice using your loud voice, not an indoor voice, an outdoor voice, people. Those six-inch voices that we learned back in kindergarten, they don't apply here. You want to have like the the 600-mile voices. So... Uh, that was yeah. That was actually a really powerful thing that they uh, that they said in the class today. So I also I thought it was interesting. Something it seems so simple, but I feel like we don't practice it as much as we should. And I'm going to start really. And I've already started doing some of this, but I'm really going to start. Is is self awareness. So they were saying that self awareness makes up ninety percent of self defense. Ninety. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. The other ten percent. That's, an, is a, only that's an A, right? In school, right? <laughs> I love that you equate that to school. <laughs> I mean, an A is You're a good like, thing. Do I get so an you, A? <laughs> you want to have the good thing, right? Yeah. So I mean, what's the other ten percent? Physical techniques. Okay. So like, you should not be walking down the street with your face in your phone. Oh my god! Like, wait, did you hear about in? I think it's in Honolulu. That you can pour me some more wine, bitch. By okay. the way, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna pass. I'm gonna pour that. Just wine, pour bitch. that wine. It's actually, oh, that's good. guys, that's pretty good wine. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good riesling. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, so pretty good. Let me finish the bottle. Yeah, it's great. Um, anyway, in Honolulu, there was a law passed. I don't know if it was in 2018 or if it was in sometime in 2017, like late last year but if you are walking across the street with your face in your phone like staring down at your phone you will actually be ticketed good and i was like why do we not do this anywhere else i mean listen i don't know the actual number of like pedestrian accidents that are caused because the pedestrian is just being a fuck face and just like decides like i'm just gonna fucking walk across the street because i think that i should like people pay attention to your surroundings it, your safety is, we said this before, your safety is in your own hands and you have to do your due diligence and you can't expect everyone else in this world to take care of you. Yeah, well, but I also think that I used to be the other way around. I, I didn't pay so much attention. and Really? I just, yeah. Not good. No. Not good. I don't do that anymore. I don't like but seeing people. 
That's why I'm I'm telling you, everyone, get your face out of your phone. Get your phones out of your ears. This is my problem, too. Yep, your phones out of your ears. Like, don't walk around with headphones. That's bad because you can't hear what's coming. And also, like, walk with a purpose. Yeah. Look around you and see what's going on. You know, because you're not gonna you're you're not gonna see anyone coming towards you if you have your headphones in and your face and your or phone. Or I'm gonna okay benefit of the doubt, not benefit of the doubt. I'm just giving an alternate scenario for people. I have actually seen a large number of people who just walk around Chicago mostly. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've seen it here in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but Chicago at least with their heads in a with their faces in a book. Listen, props to you for reading a book, man. But still. That there's a time and a place. And I understand that you want to get physical activity while you're, you know, feeding your brain and all that good stuff. But, like, listen, let's talk about what's really, really safe. Because there are countless things that are wrong with that. Not to mention that, A, you don't know if you're walking across the street that you don't actually have a walk sign or somebody's not blowing a red light. I mean, you don't know that. But you are basically, like, signing yourself up, saying, like, hey, look at me. I'm, like, your perfect target. Yeah, and it's, like... Don't fall asleep on the train. I've done it. But Sarah, just, it's hard. It's hard not to. Listen, I when like, I have to take the train, it's so hard. You make yourself a target, right? You do. Yeah. I mean, unless you have somebody with you who's not sleeping. Well, or, I mean, I would also say, like, the trains are pretty packed. I think that a lot of people, when I ride the train, there are a lot of people who are Metra, not Amtrak. There are a lot of people who just, like, are aware of, like, what's happening. And, like, the um, conductors, like, pace, like, back and forth. Yeah, like, they're pretty there. I wouldn't rely on that. I know, but I I will say I've never felt uh, unsafe on the Metro. And I, I would me say personally. that, yeah, like, my brother-in-law would tell you differently. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, I hear, like, taking, like, I have friends who take, I have this one friend who took the, the blue line. Every day to work in Chicago on the L. And she would just literally be on edge the entire ride there and back from work because in the morning she'd have these seedy people. She actually had some dude literally walk up to her, sit down, and rest his head on her lap. What? You just don't know what people are going to be doing. Because people are freaking And you need, basically, you just need to be aware of your surroundings and quickly be able to sort of judge a situation. Well, I actually have a story for you on this. Tell me. So I was in Chicago mm-hmm. on the bus with my two best friends and their husbands. I was, and Adam was not there. He was like working or something. So it was five of us. And one of my friends was like super pregnant. And so her and her husband were sitting next to me mm-hmm. on the, like basically on a seat that was facing me. And then okay, yeah. I was sitting on one side, and then my... Were you, like, in the back of the bus? No, we were in the front. Oh, yeah, And then yeah, my gotcha. friend and her, and her husband were sitting across from me on the other side. Right? Okay. So I'm talking to the girl that's pregnant, and, again, self-awareness, I really should have been paying attention. But this homeless guy comes onto the bus and sits next to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is awkward. So I move over, and 
I slide down the sea. I slide down the sea and I'm like looking at my friends being like, what the hell? And really I should be paying attention to him Uh or getting up and moving, turning and saying, excuse Excuse me. me. Yep. Making him uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. I didn't do any of that. And he pulled a knife out. Shut up. And was waving it close to my face. And I didn't see this, but my friend's husband across the way saw it and he all, I didn't see anything. I just felt him grab my arm and take me to the back of the bus. And I had no idea why. And oh my God. Yeah. And thank so, God he was there. I know because he's like, do you realize that knife was like two inches from your face? Like You're that like, could have nope. ended badly. And the guy was like, obviously like schizo or something. Something. But, and then he was like yelling at him like, you, you pussy, you going to take that girl and run? Like, da da Yeah. And we got off at the next stop. For sure. But like, I'm like, hey, bus driver, you might want to do something. And this isn't a, bu- a crowded bus full of people. And he pulled a knife out. Holy crap. Yeah. So like, these are the kinds of things like I need, I've learned to be yeah. like, I need to pay more attention. And like in a situation like that, you don't just sit there. You get the fuck up. Yeah. You know, or you look at him and be like, get away from me. Or make a scene or whatever you need yeah. to do. So thank God he was there. Thank God he acted. Thank quickly. God nothing happened to you. Thank God nothing happened. But this takes me back to this whole self aware thing because when we were sitting there today and they were telling us about how to be self aware, I'm like, yes, that is exactly like it is so crucial. It's such an important part of self defense and it's so easy to do, but you just have to incorporate it in your daily life and it well, has to be routine. Right. And that was the other point that they were making is that it's sure, like it might not be particularly natural right now, but you you need to build this into sort of like your natural, like you don't have to sit there and what, who Ken was the guy who was like leading it. So there were two instructors, a male and a female. And the guy was like, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to, I don't walk out and be like, okay, okay. Am I going to, I'm going to look, I'm going to look under the car. Okay. Okay. All right. Everything looks fine. Okay. I'm going to see, Oh, I see these people. Oh, 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 I don't know. And he was like basically exaggerating every action that he took. But what he went on to say was that, look, when he goes out and about on his daily business, it's not like he has a, it's not like he has like a a legitimate checklist that he goes through his entire mind and makes specific points to do it. It's just part of his natural part daily, you know, experience and living. And like he does these scans and they're quick and they're part of, it's more innate right he's like ingrained it in him and so it's like a it's a habit it's habitual and it's it's something that you know he doesn't have to think about it anymore he just he He just just automatically does it it, right and but when you're adopting some of these practices and ideas like for sure it's going to be a little more maybe uh, i guess rigid or a little Mm -hmm. bit more staccato yeah talking music but um because you need to learn how to go about this. And then soon you'll be able to like multitask, right? How we do every day. We multitask in a lot of ways throughout uh, our daily lives. And I think that this is something that we can do while we, you know, multitask sizing up a situation, every situation. And I think one of the things that they mentioned, and I think it's pretty, you know, important given what's happened in society over the last several years. I mean, it's increased, you know, it's like everyone thinks that work is safe, school is safe, blah, blah, blah is safe. 
I lived with someone who and said, oh, well, nothing happens here, so it doesn't matter if we leave our windows unlocked or our door unlocked. And I was like, what? It doesn't mean that it won't happen. Exactly. And so it's a matter of just acknowledging that, look, you may feel safe in certain scenarios, but you essentially always have to be, like, on alert. Yeah. And what did they say? It was like a... So there's color color codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White means the Cooper's level of awareness levels of awareness. Yeah. That's so white is. means like you're walking and texting. This is like that's like you're like unaware. You're, you're totally just chill. unaware. You really should only be you're white so when checked you're out. at home watching TV. Right. You're totally in your safe space. That's when you really should only be white. Not outside the house. Right. Like, and then you advance to yes. the yellow level, which is relaxed but alert. So this is where you should be at the, all the time. You should be yellow. Yeah. Like, when you're not in the house, you should mm-hmm. be walking around, like, being relaxed, but looking around, making sure you're... Making eye contact with the people that you walk past. Yes. Being alert, looking around you, like, knowing, recognizing if there's anything suspicious around you, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Orange is you're in a heightened state of alertness. Like, some things, you get that feeling like something's not right. Yeah. You know? Like, like something looks out of place or something you're just like, ah. Oh. Or that guy looks, looks suspicious or... We, like, one of their things was if it's, like, the middle of the summer and someone's wearing a sweatshirt or, yeah. like, a jacket, that's pretty effed up. Right, exactly. I mean, you're going to be like, uh, you're not normal. Maybe they have a body temperature issue. Listen, I can uh, commiserate. Not. But that's most likely not the problem. And so if you're keeping yourself aware and keeping track of yourself, like... You need to take yourself somewhere else. Like, get out. Just get out of that situation. Yeah. And so then after orange, we come to red, which I think makes sense, right? You're high alert. It's like you are in a threatening situation, and you are ready to, what is it, run, hide, or attack. Yep. You are doing one of those things. Yep, you're basically in a survival mode. Right, it's fight or flight. Yeah. So, everyone... Stay at yellow when you're outside the house, when you're at work, when you're shopping, when you're walking around, and, you know, be white when you're home and hanging out, but, yeah, you don't want to get to red, so. Yeah, and one of the other things that I think, I think it was uh, the other instructor, Jenny, who said it, it uh, it's, and it was a theme that was in part of a book, and it was, um, it's be in the now, right? Yeah. So, like, so often, you know, we're, we, especially, we already mentioned the society that we live in today is sort of like the immediate, uh, the instant gratification, sort of multitasking, doing a million things at once, and really, I feel like we've lost our focus. Mm-hmm. I think feel like we've lost our attention span, and I think that we no longer can sort of just narrow in on a certain thing that's happening. And I think being in the now, it could mean a lot of different things, right? It could be like, look, I don't know what's happening in a week, but right now I'm just going to live for today. I'm going to go have fun with my friends. I'm going to go do whatever, be with my family. I'm going to, you know, go to this game, whatever. But it is also be present and be aware of your situation. Mm -hmm. Be involved in what is happening around you and know what's happening around exactly. you. Exactly. Because the average violent attack is on, is over in three seconds. Isn't that crazy? That is How insane. quickly? And so quick. I mean, think about it. So your assailant is basically going to be, some, it's likely that that person, likely, it's not an overall thing, but likely that that person is going to have, you know, great amount of strength, 
great amount of speed. They are going to be physically fit, I would imagine. Or at least be able to be more physically capable than those that they are trying to prey on. Right? True. And so that's why we, as potential um, prey, uh, need just need to the know sheep. how to do it. So The sheep. Yeah. But we need to be sheepdogs. We need to be ready to attack. And we need to, as they said, you know, you need to sort of expect that something's going to happen. You need to be ready and aware. And yeah. one thing from that, that three seconds, they're like, listen, if things turn violent and there's, you know, a weapon that's being used, say a gun or a knife, expect that you're going to get hurt. Well, I thought it was interesting that 93% of single gunshot wounds are survivable. So, like, not that you want to get shot, but don't think it's the end-all, be-all. Right. If you get shot, you put up a fighting... You put up the fight of your life, literally and figuratively, whatever. But, like, literally, I mean, it is a very good chance that you are going to survive that, that gunshot wound. I mean, for sure. And so, I... When they mentioned that, I was thinking, like, oh, isn't that sometimes, like, your adrenaline just kind of, like, you just don't pay attention to that, that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I also want to be, like, okay, survivable, but how many people have, like, severe, severe disability? Yeah. Nah, which one would I rather be? I'd probably For sure. be dead. I don't know. Honestly. I don't know. I don't know. I, given technology today and given the way, like, medicine is advancing, like, you don't think that, like, there might be a chance of, like, some betterment of your future? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. You could definitely survive and be fine. Yeah. But you could Which, also be, like, a yeah. vegetable. And the other thing that I would say is that, well, they said this, you know, sort of, like, as, like, a hope that, like, you know, like, we as, like, like any of us who might be victims— can survive this gunshot wound or survive Mm -hmm. this, you know, altercation, just know that that goes on the other side too. It's flipped, right? If you injure your assailant, know that they could also still survive this. They could still persevere like through whatever harm you've done to them. And so that's why it's important to use any tool that you have available and use, you know, your confidence, use your voice, use your... So what other tools? Oh, this was... I mean, partially mind-blowing, although one of them I did mention because I do do this normally. Okay. And it's uh, to use my keys. So, like, sometimes it's not all the time. But you shouldn't fidget with your keys. No, no. You should have. I don't fidget. Okay. No. Oh, Sarah, if I have my keys right here, I actually put them, like, I loop my my middle finger through, like, the key ring, and then I put a, a key, like, out through my hands. Or through my fingers, so that I can like punch Stab something. Someone. Yeah, and I, again, it's not all of the time. It probably should be more of the time than I do it. But that to me is look. I don't have I don't have many of the other tools or weapons that people can carry in public places or that they mentioned today. But that is something that like I've always thought of, and I have definitely. Even from college, I think, definitely employed. Um, they also mentioned a credit card. Yeah. To be used as a but knife. But, like, here's the thing. You'll have your keys in your hand, right? And, like... Maybe. You shouldn't... Well, well, you. Everyone, I wouldn't normally have my credit card in my hand. No, I guess I'd say that. Yeah. You normally have your keys in your hand when you're walking to your car or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody, don't fidget. Don't look in your purse. Like, have your keys ready to go. Just be ready. Just be ready. 
Like, before you get out of the car, have your keys in your hand, you know. And But a credit card, you have to, like, get into your wallet. So I'm like, who is going to have do a that? credit card in their hand? I mean, unless you're in some sort of situation where, like, you're hidden by something and there's, like, a perpetrator, like, doing something to a, you know, several people and you have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. But you're right. That's not going to be, like, the immediate go-to. No, it's not. Um, a pen, which is... Probably it's silly. It's silly because I think that like people probably don't think that that's like such a great tool. Yeah, but, but like, you can sub- stab someone in the eye with a pen. Uh, dude, the pen I was using today, that pen right there, that shit is sharp. <laughs> like, but again, you could definitely pierce. Are somebody. you gonna have it in your hand? I I always have one in my purse. Yeah, but are you gonna be able to get to it? That's a great. It's a great question. And again, this is why, you know, as ladies. We tend to have these massive purses, right? I even just said this this past weekend. Like, you know, I tried to carry a small purse with me because, well, if I have a bigger purse, I'll just find more shit to put in it Mm -hmm. because I feel stupid carrying around a big-ass purse when I'm not using the space. But the more shit you have in your purse, the more difficult it is for you to find something to use as a tool. Yep. And so if we're really trying to be, you know, protective, one of the things that I really, really liked... Um, and it's it's not a pen, but like it has to do with like the keys, that that keychain thing that had like it was like a long, it almost oh it looked like one of those like it's so it's basically a spike thing. That yes, it's your, yeah, it's almost okay. I feel like I could hurt myself with that though, like on a daily uh, basis. I don't know like because fishing through my purse. Do you normally fish through myself? that ferociously? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I actually kind of want to buy one for myself. But basically, okay, so what it is, it's essentially, you know how, like, you'd put in, like, oh, 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 those um, those rings, right? So, sorry, guys, if you're listening. But for the females who have seen celebrity rings, blah, 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 you put your fingers through, like, a, like they're not even complete rings, if you will, but they're, like, prongs that stick up. So you have, like, this base, almost like a brass knuckles base, like, through your, um, the bottom part of your fingers and then it just kind of sticks up through your fingers as like prongs or in this case kind of pointier spikes if you will and then there's one on the end and so it's positioned so that there are three total there's two sticking out between your finger or between your knuckles and one sticking out the base yeah, of but your hand you need to also be careful with any of those weapons because if the person who's attacking you overpowers you and uses it on That's you. That's true, but something like that I feel like is maybe a little more challenging for a perpetrator to get. And I don't, because I feel like if you're gripping, so listen, if you're gripping something that's like awkward, like say you have a knife or a gun or something, and I know you and I were talking about this before, yeah, I might not feel wholly comfortable with wielding one of these weapons but with this little guy i like have my fist gripped so tight like i just jamie i feel like you can you can actually see it right now i like i feel it in my hands right now i close my eyes and it's right there and i just want to like go at that mannequin i do actually want to stab someone with it it's and that's not talking about anyone in particular no 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 but that to me holding that when they passed it around was actually pretty empowering for me so I actually think I that feel like that we would need be, to get you one. I need to buy one. And a yeah. lot of these tools are available on Amazon. So what are some of the other tools? I know you have one. Uh, I have mace. Right. I didn't know. I we did. did. I we practice with it. 
in the room today. We did. I um, handed mine to our instructor because I wasn't sure if it was locked and I was unlocked. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. We learned. So it was unlocked. We learned. We I learned. learned. So I, I, he was like, whoa, because I was like holding it towards it. He was like, turn it away. Um, um, but anyways, we did learn how to use that. Yeah. And what's so, the tip that they, that they told us? So basically spray it in a cloud. Like, so you have to like move Like a big around. circle. Yeah. Because then if you try Well, you don't aim, walk into it. You don't walk into well, it. Yeah, I think that's common sense. I would hope. I would hope, but make sure you walk backwards or to yeah. the side of where you're spraying. Right. So spray around in a cloud and then, you know, run away. Because basically if you try and shoot an aim, you're not going to, you're not going to get them because right. you just don't. As they said, our, our fine motor skills are not there. We're going right. to be shaking. You know, you're, there's so much blood like running through your body and adrenaline. Like it's very unlikely you're going to hit a, an intended target. So by creating a sort of a barrier with that circle, that cloud, that drawing squiggle lines in the air, uh, it will, that will serve its purpose. And you can, um, order practice ones on Amazon. Yeah. Spray like water, which I didn't know, which was really cool. It's a practice with. Just but, so you get comfortable. Yeah. But using it's, it. it's a cheap, easy thing to have with you. That's true. You know, I have one on my keys. Like, I just feel like. You but know, what do you do? So you have to intentionally remove it when you travel. I do. It just comes right off. So I know, like, I'm probably the worst person when it comes to, like, taking stuff off my key ring when I travel. Although maybe if I had mace, I don't know, maybe I would. If you had mace, I'd remember. But there are other things that you can take too, or sort of like these. like A pen? S- a pen, but, or some of these like sound things. Yeah, so there's these sound things. Like, like I had one, my aunt got me. It was so weird. It was like a funny like grab bag random gift. But... I remember I got it before I actually moved downtown Chicago, like moved on the lakefront. And it was like sort of a gag gift, whatever. But she gave it to us and she like kind of explained to all of us girls, she gave them to us. And she kind of explained, it was called like the screecher or something. And I was like, this is like one of the coolest things. Because for me, like I used to run along the lakefront on Chicago and like, listen, it's pretty well lit. I never ran super late at night. I never ran super early in the morning. It was... I probably ran at dusk like a couple times, but there were always a lot of people out there. But one thing I always had with me was this little screecher. It was so lightweight. It was probably like, I don't know, four inches, five inches, something like that. And what it is, is like a little like foghorn, if you will. Like it's like a blaring noise that's super obnoxious. And sure, it might not like injure your assailant, but it would definitely draw attention to you. you and there are other people. Ear. Totally, you can put it in their ear. And if there are other people around, they will hear it. And the whole thing is like, if you draw attention to yourself, you might reduce reduce the assailant's desire to attack you. Yeah, it's true. So they might get away after that, which saves you, right? Yeah. So lots of different sound devices out there. I know my friend has a keychain one that is... She she keeps by her front door of her apartment, uh, so they can quickly pull it, and their neighbors will hear, so they can call nine one one. You know, lots of different things, especially for people. You who could are, get a stun gun. 
I yeah, I was just gonna say lots of good things. Noise. I really wanted one, but then you have to have a conceal and carry license, and it's and big. you gotta get pretty close to someone, and, and it's, it's big. big, and you could accidentally stun yourself. I'm afraid of that. So there's all these reasons where I feel like. How about that girl that worked at the place where we took the training? Who's like, my uncle has a cane. Yeah. And what did she say? Twenty thousand volts like shoots out of like the bottom like of 2 it. Two million or something. It was like something that. crazy, and I was like, that's like in like an Ocean's Eleven movie or something. I kind of like, want that cane. Hey, if you ever need one, I'll get you one. Okay. A cane. Mm-hmm. A cane that can blast out. A cane that volt, can blast out. That bolts. I can just like voltage. <laughs> That's my version What's that? of... <laughs> I can't do it again. <laughs> That's my version of, like, shooting someone up with electricity. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> we went over... <laughs> so we went over several tools. Uh, your voice is also a tool, people. Like, do not forget that. But... Um, uh, let's, okay. can we talk about gouging eyes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going to say, let's get okay. to our primary so target. So, everyone, if you, if you ever thought that... Like, kneeing someone in the groin was the way to go. It's not. That's not your primary target. You want to gouge someone's eyes out. Go for the eyes if you can. Take your fingers and, like, just dig them in there. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid to get dirty, all right? Your life is at stake. Or you can throat punch them. You can, you know how much I thought. I enjoyed that. I thought it was hilarious. And they're like, just throat punch them. And I'm like, yeah, throat punch them. Do you know... So, I actually really enjoyed the throat punching one and even like the elbowing situation because, like, listen, elbow, my elbow might not reach many people's, many gentlemen's throats um, for lack of height. However, like, I can reach my hand up, but that throat punching shit, so much fun. And it reminded me of what I used to do at my punching bag, like, when I was growing up. I just think that. You don't have to be strong to gouge someone's eyes out. You actually, you don't. But you need to, you need to not be afraid to do it. And you just yeah. fucking stick your finger. Well, the couple things, right? So they said you can like claw at their face, basically, like I literally, like, the thumb like one. jab it. Like imagine you're. Wait, I like the thumb one too. But like imagine you're like a tiger or a lion, and you're fucking pawing at some shit, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Deep in those eyes. Well, right. So you aim your fingers. But guess what? If you don't hit their eyes directly, you're still bashing your hand down on their nose, which is another primary target. The nose, the eyes. Those are like key areas in the throat. Eyes, nose, throat, chin, and temple were the five primary targets that they had. Yeah, I think the chin is harder. I think the chin's harder too. But I think that the throat is definitely... The throat can lean to the chin, and you can do a lot of damage. And, and again, hopefully knock the wind out of somebody, draw their attention away so they re, you know release a grip on you or something by doing any yeah, of Yeah, all things. of this is really, like, to distract... I mean, to distract them enough so you can run away. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with hurting someone if they're attacking me. I'm totally fine well, with that. Yeah. I mean, growing up, like... I, my dad always said, he's like, you know, listen, you're not going to start a fight. But by God, if you somehow get involved in a fight, you're going to fucking finish that fight. And he told me this from, a, a, I mean, I'd say a, probably like the age of 10 on. Yeah. And it was one of those things where thankfully I never got, I actually never got in a fight in high school or growing up or whatever. Um, aside from like with my sister. But... um 
that was one thing like he really focused on and he was like you need to you need to know that you can hit and you need to like practice like doing that because yeah. you you have to feel comfortable doing it to somebody because if you can't i mean you have to again it's practicing right. practice your voice practice your 600 mile voice and practice hitting something what and she said like practice on a pillow practice you know, imagine that it's somebody's throat. If you have an opportunity to take a class, I I'm would gonna recommend I'm going to get some it. sort of mannequin that has some eyes, and I'm just going to start gouging them. <laughs> Sarah's, Sarah's looking at me so, like, calmly and passively, <laughs> but so seriously. The words coming out of her mouth are so aggressive. And but the thing is... Is that I know that she'd fucking do it. I would. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. Some. And everybody should have that confidence for it. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna gouge someone's eyes out. So like, okay. In the event you can't get your hands on a mannequin, right? Right. So you could practice doing the shit on a pillow. I was thinking a, a bed mattress, right? So you have. There's a little bit more girth to it. I so feel like, you but you need something that. that you get that sliminess that you would with regular eyes. Well, oh my god, you're still in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was suggesting grapes, you know, like for Halloween, like there's yeah. like a bowl full of grapes. Yeah, you and should, like or like, like, like the skinned grapes. You should gouge those. You basically, yeah, put maybe them, put them on something and just like practice gouging them. Put them in like a. I was gonna say a deviled egg thing. Like, do you know how nasty that is? Gouged gross. eyes. Like gross. Oh, like how gross. Like But you know what though? Again, your life is at stake. No, I'm totally You can it. wash your fucking hands later. But even still, like it, like don't be afraid to get blood on your hands. Literally. Like if you're gonna punch somebody in the nose, you're probably gonna break their you could break their nose. Let's just hope they don't have like hepatitis. Shh, let's not even get there. Pharmacist. I'm just saying. I mean, like, there could be some communicable disease. I know, but still, well, you but can't think like is, that. No, your you life can't. is at stake. So, we, I mean, there's like medication that exists that, whatever. Ugh, whatever, gross. guys. Gross. But, okay. So, one of my big things, big takeaways create distance between you and the perpetrator. Or, if you cannot create distance, you cannot run away. Use that proximity to your advantage, which is where if you, they grab you, gouge their eyes out, gouge their eyes out, punch their nose up, punch them in the neck, like, and then get them in the ribs or the solar plexus. Like, y- you can use that closeness. Don't be afraid of it. Use that to your advantage and feel strong about that situation. That to me was really powerful because the other thing is that they're like, if they're pulling you, if they're pulling you. You're continuing to try to pull away, but guess what? Fucking lean into them, right? Shell Sandberg, that shit. Lean in and, like, get them and use your leverage. Like, use that momentum to your advantage and start to try to kick the living crap out of them. Like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that you've got to focus on those those sensitive areas, mm-hmm. though, because you're really not going to be stronger than them most of the time, so, so you need to, like... Not think you can overpower them, but you need to focus your energy on getting to those those sensitive primary areas. Right. The primaries, but then also, like, knowing that, like, maybe the situation you're in is does not present itself to hit one of those primaries. So, yeah, you can go for the groin, the solar plexus, the instep of the foot, basically kicking the knees in, like, running your, like, jabbing your foot down their shin to the top of their foot, like... 
lots of different things going from behind them. Um, that sounds really weird. Uh, your thighs, <laughs> shins, fingers, bending their fingers back. I mean, listen, if you have that ability, that might not be like the sole thing that you do, but that could be like one thing that you do that could then lead you to be able to injure the eyes or the nose. And essentially you're going for that head area so that you can do the most damage and really try to knock them sort of like off kilter, like concussion, Well, yeah. otherwise unconscious, but whatever. What if they have a knife or a gun? I think that's a different well, story then. it is a different story for sure. And I know that today we talked about, you know, like we as unarmed and they didn't really get into that. But, you know, acknowledging the fact that, yeah, they were telling us that knife wounds like are definitely... Most likely more severe than several, like, the majority of gunshot wounds. Like, that was, I heard that loud and clear from them. But I think that when you are in a close situation like that, it you kind of just need to ignore the weapon to the extent possible. Unless you can get it yourself and know how to use that weapon. Yeah, but that requires a lot more training than I think that Agreed. So if you have the ability to knock that weapon away, like, I that to me, that's like the... The safest alternative, if you will. But I think that, you know, again, having the confidence, being aware, and fighting back is really, you know, assailants just like they they hone in on somebody who looks like easy prey to them. Well, don't be a victim. Like, try and and, and basically, you know, don't make yourself vulnerable. That's right. To begin with. Like, that's the biggest, I think, thing. And I like this five-second drill thing. So, Mm. basically, like... Think of scenarios and do a five-second drill in your head. So, like, if I'm at the stoplight and someone comes towards me, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, is there someone in front of me? Is there someone behind me? Like, what am I going to do? Where are you going to go? Where What's your exit go? strategy? So, like, I would work through those things in your, in your brain as you, like, go throughout the day and you're kind <clears> of <throat> thinking of the what-ifs. And I think if you think enough of the what-ifs, nothing will ever happen. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully that's, you know what, again, being prepared, isn't that like a Cub Scout, Girl Scout thing? Like always be prepared. Like, I mean, a lot of kids go through those organizations and those um, activities as kids. And never use any of it. And I think that it's, it's easy to sort of lose sight about what is, about actually like keeping true to that. And it's, it is true. Always be prepared. Always, you know. Don't be the victim. Don't fight fear. Be a badass. Be a badass. Be a fucking kung fu girl. Riesling. (sighs) I think everyone should take a self-defense class. I think we should take more. I actually would love to have done, like, even more of a hands-on. That's what I'm saying. Listen, I showed up in, like, my workout clothes thinking I was going to, like, get to attack, like, a legit human being. That did not happen. But, like, you know, some... I feel like some classes, and I have never been to one, but, like, some classes... Have, like, a dude that's, like, totally padded up and, like, you can just beat the shit out of him. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, I think we should go to more. I think it's it's all about, like, you just need to practice and get, like... Feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. So I encourage all of you to go to a self-defense class. Or yeah, do find one near you. Self-defense. If you haven't already, 
get some mace or something, some sort of weapon of your choice. Yeah, and actually, I mean, I don't know who else, like, typically hosts them, like, maybe some park districts or things like that. Oh, I'm sure in your city, if you But we went it. to we went to a firearm center, like, yeah. near us. Um, yeah, but there's you know, other ones out there. And yeah. Like, like, the Krav Maga, like, that's supposedly a great... Um, I'm sure there's Groupons out there. Groupon, Living Social... Whatever. I mean, find one, find something, and just, I guess, protect yourself. What was I just going to say? And if you have little girls, get them into something. I know. I mean, boys, too, obviously. Not trying to No, no, no. no. Gender All kids. I mean, seriously, like, well, that's, I can't even get into that topic. It bothers me so much to talk about it. But, um, (laughs) But seriously, I mean, like, equip yourself with the right you know, quote unquote tools and mindset and knowledge in order to protect yourself and take care of yourself. So it was a lot of fun tonight. I it had a was, good time. It was really I'm gonna be Kung Fu. <laughs> you gonna be Lucy Lou? Lucy Lou. That Kung rhymes. That's why it I does. Know. It rhymes. But I mean I, I still think that Lucy Lou should have gotten like a case of this wine for free. Maybe just because she, did. she was the inspiration. Maybe she did. Lucy Lou, if you got a case of this wine, let us know. Sure and Charles some. Smith, if you're listening Hey, you should send a case. Send to us Lucy some Lou. wine, Charles Smith. Oh yeah, us too, because they have some other interesting finds. Yeah, but or um, come, come uh, you know, come be on our podcast too. Yes. <laughs> yes. CS. Oh God, it's so good. All right. Well, all in all, guys, attitude of self-preservation. I think if you want to take anything. I think if you want to take anything away from this, it's just be more self-aware. Don't yeah. walk around with your cell phone. Be present. Remember, be present. Ten, look okay, around. Fifteen you. years ago, we didn't have these cell phones that can do magic in our hands. Like we, we weren't distracted. We weren't as distracted. So you're actually participating in everyday life. Read a book, as she said. Listen to the birds. Take a look at the buildings. Look at the architecture. Look at the human beings walking past you. Just be aware so that you are in the know of what is happening around you and you are You can see those motherfuckers coming at you and you can get at them. And then you can be the motherfucker who kills a motherfucker, motherfucker. I still don't know what that's I'm going to show it to you. It's (laughs) fine. Um, Anyway... So thank you all for joining us. Uh, this yeah. has been this has been a really fun. Maybe because we also had that hands on uh, portion earlier. I really this evening. enjoyed kicking the shit out of the dummy. It I was really to, fun. I need to we get have my pictures. Own Bob. We have pictures that we're going to post on Instagram. Yep. So you better you better check that out. Um, I don't. I didn't take any videos of you. So did you? Oh, I didn't get any videos of okay. you. Okay, but there are pictures. Right. Yeah, I have pictures of you too. So so check um, us out on Instagram as we kick Bob's ass. <laughs> yes as we kick bob the mannequin's ass yeah. um and go out there and be strong and be confident and you go kick some ass hell yeah until then pass the wine bitches pass the wine bitches <laughs>